What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. An ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Top of the morning to you, Eagle fans. It's two days and counting till the NFL draft. Appreciate you streaming in. Here with us on Birds 365, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Going to hang with you for the next two. We got two very good Eagles beat guys to join us today and lend some insight on what the Birds might be doing come Thursday night. Uh, Johnny Mac, you got out of here early yesterday. Go down and see Jalen Hurts. Thank the Eagles and everyone else in the entire world for his new contract and where he's at in life. I think you called him a robot yesterday. It was kind of robotic in a good way. I'm not knocking him, but he is just an on point buttoned up, tells you what uh, you want to hear from a give the standard answer type category. Uh, he uh, will be the Eagles quarterback for the next six years. Nobody doubts that he'll be handsomely paid, but he did do a contract that gave be helpful for the Eagles in the first couple of years of this deal. Yeah, we didn't get anything new. Or, it, it, overly enlightening out of Jalen Hurts yesterday, did we, Johnny Mac? Now, you got your T-shirt slogan. You know, money is nice. Championships are better, I believe. Uh, um paraphrasing but uh yeah, no, um, that's exactly what you said yes um yeah i mean you know it's kind of amazing what a lot of pomp and circumstance obviously um you know everybody got dressed up jeffrey laurie speaks so you know it's a big deal when jeffrey shows up um you know his agent was there his girlfriend was there um you know the eagles had the big backdrop there they had the helmets so you could tell it was a little bit different and it was a little bit of a bigger deal you know i think it's interesting we're gonna have mike sealski on hour two you know and he wrote about kobe Bryant. i always say 
he had that great book about Kobe. I, I always tell people, don't, don't practice hero worship because you're going to be disappointed in the end. Doesn't matter. Sports, politics, entertainment. These are all human beings. So my takeaway is just how comfortable everybody is with handing 200, a quarter of a billion dollars to Jalen Hurts. Like nobody's concerned. It's amazing. Um, he had the Gucci suit on, and and don't get me wrong, you know that's one of his things, the wardrobe. Um, and he's going to spend some money, and he's going to do some things, and he's going to have some fun. But why shouldn't he? I mean, he's earned it. Um, but nobody's worried about him. And oh, I got my money. I can relax a little bit. And I think that speaks to. Jalen Hurts more than anything else. More, But from the public perspective, yeah, you're right. He's always going to say the right thing. He's always going to do the – but to the Eagles thing, it's more important that they're not worried about him doing the right thing. And they're very confident in that. And and how we said it last week, Jeffrey said it yesterday, they're not even worried. Right. And along those lines, it is a little different than what you usually see when someone is made the highest paid player in the game. And that's what Jalen Hurts is. It's not a fringe category that we're elevating. No, no. Average annual value for your salary is about as direct as you can because, oh, you can get a guy who gets a uh, 10-year contract and that would elevate him above everybody. Yeah, but it's 10 years when everybody else is signing for five. So what? that he got the most money. Average annual value is a serious category. If you're the number one guy in the league getting that, oh, you are being acknowledged and you're getting paid. He got there off one superior year. One. The second year as a starter, his first year was good. Did get the Eagles into playoffs nine and eight. Went down, got their tail kicked in Tampa. He was what, about the 20th or 21st ranked quarterback in passer rating, John, in 2021? Uh, so to make that meteoric rise, and a lot of things have to line up, situations, contract, do everything else. But to make that kind of jump off one year, that's all it is, one year. A great year, MVP runner-up year, but it was still just one. And you're right, nobody is blanching at the fact that they're paying him the most in the National Football League off one year of greatness on the field. It's because he is the guy that he is because he does his business the way he does his business because he handles himself the way he handles himself. The quote unquote intangibles. He checks every single box, not most of the boxes, every single box. And that why that's why nobody is sweating the fact that, all right, yeah, we made him nice paid player in the game because he does handle himself the way that he does. He just needs to keep doing it on the field the way he did it last year. And then absolutely nobody will cry. He goes back to back years like that. They'll they'll start saying, well, maybe we should talk about an extension and add more years. to it. Let's rip up those back years where the Eagles are going to count $85 million under the salary cap. Let's do it now because we believe he's going to be great till uh, 2042 or somewhere thereabouts. Uh, so, yeah, we got to hear from Jalen Hurts. Uh, which took us a little eye on focus away from the draft. Now we're back there. We got two days to go before the draft. And Johnny Mac, I want to ask you one question. I want to kind of debunk a narrative that is uh, floating out there in Philadelphia this week because of a specific player who's available in the draft that the Eagles may or may not have interest in. The whole tying a position 
to the championship outcome of a team. We know everybody does it with quarterbacks for a very simple reason, because it works. That, that, that is true. Your quarterback play has a lot to do with how far you go in a season and potentially hold a Lombardi trophy at the end of a year. For me, there is no other position you can do that with, that you could say, oh, you must have one of the best. Wide receivers, tight ends, centers, defensive tackle, defensive end, uh, line. I'm surely not linebacker. He's <laughs> quarterback. If you don't have one of the top ten wide receivers at the position, you have no chance of winning a championship. It doesn't work for any other position. Works for one quarterback. That's it. So the whole narrative of oh, you don't want Bijan Robinson because even if he is a top ten back. The best 10 backs never win the Super Bowl. Go back and look up the best, best 10 backs don't win the Super Bowl. You know what they said that about too, John? Wide receivers. Oh, you don't need a, a, a talented you, you quarterback lifts the wide receiver. You don't need a top 10 talented wide receiver. Oh, until you did just a couple of years ago when Tyreek Hill was a top 10 wide receiver and the Chiefs won the championship. Well, shoot, when Brady went into Tampa, he had both Godwin and Evans. You could make an argument that they were both top 10 wide receivers. Oh, you add Tom Brady to the mix. Guess what? All of a sudden, you win a championship. The Rams, Cooper Cup has one of the best wide receiver years in the history of the National Football League. And what happens? The Rams win a championship. So this whole, you can't take B. John Robinson because it's a waste of money immediately. You don't need a wide. If you have a top 10 wide receiver, it'll actually be a deterrent to winning a Super Bowl. How do we not know that? running backs don't become what wide receivers were over the last five years, that a top player could be at that position and you win a championship. I think that narrative is in a phrase bullshit. Um, (laughs) Um, Well, I'm, I'm with you about every position could be, you know, off ball linebacker. As I said, the Eagles blind spot, you know, you, you bring up Tampa Bay. How about Devin white in those playoffs? Um, You know, as a whole, he's been a disappointment. So when people said, oh, go trade for Devin White, I'm like, no. But for those three games, go go look at it. That guy was unstinking believable um, for for that three-game stretch. And, and even if you go to the most high-profile high position, Jody, we've seen backup quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Not, not only Nick Foles, but backup quarterbacks in the past win Super Bowls. Um it drives me insane when anybody says anybody. You know, I always go, Matthew Stafford can't win a Super Bowl. Well, yeah, he can. Now you know it. Uh, but, yeah, he always could. He was always re- – in fact, he's a really good player. But he was stuck in a bad team, bad organization, bad supporting cast, bad everything. What what quarterbacks do, the better quarterbacks, is, and, and you've heard me say this a million times, they increase your margin of error. There's a million different ways to win a Super Bowl. You know, if you have an average quarterback, everything's got to be buttoned up around him. Everything's yep. got to be perfect. But you can win, but the margin of error is way smaller than if you have a truly, truly superstar quarterback. Same thing with other positions. You could win with a great deep. The Giants won two Super Bowls, and everybody can talk about the helmet catch and this and that. They won two Super Bowls because of their defensive front going nuts in 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 the, not only the Super Bowl but in the run up to the Super Bowl. Both both times, 
there's a million different ways you can win Super Bowls. But yeah, it, it drives me crazy. You can't do this. You don't need this. You don't need that. What you need is a really good team. And you need, by the way, a little bit of luck along the way. Sure. As I will say, you can ask every, and I have, you can ask every single one of us that have been here for 2017 and covered that team and covered the team last year. I've yet to find anybody, anybody who says the 2017 team was better than last year's team. But the 2017 team won. Last year's team didn't win. Mm -hmm. Came up just short. Fletcher Cox might be the only one. And I think Fletcher Cox said the 2017 team was better because he was a bigger part of it. (laughs) I don't think he really (laughs) believes it. Um, You know, yeah, I'm with you. It drives me nuts. Uh, You you, you can say it about any position, Jody. Wide receiver, running back, but... What, what, you know, get good players and then figure out the rest. Andy, Andy always said, you know, there's certain things you are more about. As I said, it starts with quarterback and his, and again, I'm paraphrasing. Give me the quarterback, two, two offensive tackles, two pass rushers, uh, two cornerbacks, and I'll figure out the rest. That's pretty much what the Eagles build their philosophy on to this day. Um, Yes, more more certain positions are more important than other ones, and it increases your margin of error. But if you got a good player, take advantage of that good player, no matter where he plays. And it sounds to me like I put the quarterback on an even higher pedestal than you do. I really do think the talent of your quarterback is a massive needle mover when it comes to winning championships. Oh, I agree. All the I other positions way are all the other positions. Your margin of error. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. It way increases your margin of error. I'm just saying we've already seen average quarterbacks, below average quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks uh, that's, win that, that, Super Bowl. That's the exception, not the rule, John. It, very infrequently, the superstar quarterbacks win a. No, uh, but, but, but we, are we, you we, missing? We want to list all the superstars and go down the list and uh, evaluate the quarterbacks. It, 90 over 90 percent are yeah, but I, I, I feel like I'm, 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 am i not saying it correctly it way increases your margin of error to have a superstar quarterback yeah. way increases your margin of error but i'm saying we literally already have the literal proof i'll say it three times we have the literal proof that you can win a super bowl it's much more difficult much more difficult but you can win a Super Bowl having an average or even a below average quarterback if everything else around them is nearly perfect. Now, if you have the superstar in his prime, that's what I'm saying. It's way easier, a hundred times easier. They elevate everything. But you've already seen, I'm just talking to the people that you brought up that say you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. All I'm saying is there's a million different ways to win Super Bowls, and we've already seen them. We, we we have the proof. So I don't know why people say that. Right. And my stance is, is start with the quarterback and then get to everything else. If you've got the main guy in the main position, you're uh, absolutely headed in the right direction. Other ones, you're right. You can fudge. You can work around. You can get above average uh, guys in position. Doesn't have to be a top five, a top 10 player at that position. 
quarterback you, you you need to. Yeah, I get it. Nick Foles comes off the bench and wins. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl because the Ravens were one of the best defenses in the history of the National Football League. Those things happen few and far between. Quarterback, yes. Every other position, no. And I'll put a lot of them on basically the same type level. Running back, wide receiver, uh, offensive lineman, left tackle. I, I think they're all very close, those other positions. But in today's status in the NFL, there are some positions that have been woefully devalued, in my opinion, and running back happens to be one of them. And I hope the Eagles uh, uh, do something at the running back position over the next couple of days when the draft kicks in. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We will be joined by two outstanding Eagle Beat guys. First up from the Delaware News Journal is going to be Martin Frank. A little later, Mike Sielski from the Inquirer. So a lot of great Eagle knowledge coming your way. Stay right here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
got Maga Mac here on Birds 365 as we count down to the draft just two days away. Here to talk Eagles with us is uh, one of the best who covers them day in and day out. He does so for the Delaware News Journal, Mr. Martin Frank. Uh, Martin, did you sit close to John McMullen on the other side of the room from try to avoid John McMullen yesterday? <laughs> how, how much distance between you and McMullen? And did you know that McMullen was tries. actually drinking anything he could spill? <laughs> I was I was actually sitting pretty close to John McMullen because you know I want to like gather as much knowledge as possible <laughs> from him by sitting. By the way, I will never McMullen. live down that coffee spill. No, not happening. You got, it's got to be at least a, a calendar year. I call it. I call it the incident. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't bring <laughs> beverages in the Novacare complex. Come on. No, smart, no laptops were harmed. Uh, no laptops. All, all good. But Martin was away because Martin was wearing his Gucci suit as well, which Alan hurts. You know, it it is amazing. I was talking to Jody Martin. Like nobody, what's most impressive to me about the whole Jalen Hurts and the contract, you knew he was going to be, you know, his usual self. You got your T-shirt slogan. um, Money's nice. Championships are better. Um Nobody's concerned about giving this guy a quarter of a billion dollars. They're like, they're not worried about it at all. It's pretty impressive because, you know, you give me 250 million, I'm going to go on <laughs> vacation. I'm going to do that. Most people are going to be, oof, right? You know, now I can sit back and relax a little bit. Eagles aren't concerned about that at all. And neither am I. You know, the guy's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, and, and I and I loved his answer. He was uh, he was asked yesterday, like, you know, so what what were you doing when you found out about the contract? And he was like, yeah, I was working out, just doing what I always do. Um, and I don't think anyone was surprised by that no. by that yeah. answer. And you know, the really amazing thing about his contract is, you know, it's a five year extension. By the time it's over, he's only going to be 30 years old. I mean, you know, and for a quarterback, that's like your prime. So, you know, the 255 million or whatever it is, I mean, by the time he's, you know, assumingly by the time he gets his next contract, maybe it'll be double that. Who knows, you know, at the rate salaries are rising and the salary cap is going up and everything like that. So, we could be looking back at this like, yeah, yeah, we signed for like fifty million dollars a year, but oh, it's going to look really good in in a couple <laughs> yeah. of years, maybe in a couple months if Joe Burrow at Cincinnati can figure it out uh, and actually scrape together the money to pay Joe Burrow. Um, All right, so let let me play wet blanket since Martin went there uh, <laughs> about his next contract at age thirty. Um, to get the most, usually, to get the most money you possibly can, to get the best deal you possibly can, you want to get onto the free agent market. You want to be able to uh, get other teams bidding against each other to get your dollars up. Well, the Eagles have a big plan in place that four years from now, they're going to get rid Jalen Hurts signed to a contract extension. Because if they don't, the way the contract was structured, I'll try and be delicate with this. The Eagles would be fucked if they actually had to take an $85 million cap in in a year with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. If you think he's getting ready to get to his next contract, what if he tells the Eagles, I don't want to talk about a contract. Let's let's play this contract out and 
see where it goes, and then uh, I'll test the open market. And I'm not saying I won't come back to Philadelphia. Sure, he said yesterday he's planning on being here a long time. He loves Philadelphia. But if he wants to really take it to the next level of an age 30 quarterback going out onto the open market, the Eagles can't have that with the way they structured the contract. What the hell are they going to do, Martin? Yeah, well, I mean, it's Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's not like some guy who's, you know, who's gone out there and say, hey, I want the biggest contract. I want the most money. I mean, I don't think anybody feels that Jalen Hurts, you know, would, would do something like that. I mean, and be honest with you, I mean, when you already are getting $255 million, like how much more do you need? Like, do you need to be, you know, Getting something well, then, that. Then let me ask you a question. Why do you bring dollar? up the fact that he's got another contract in him coming up at age 30? If it's because a foregone conclusion that he, the Eagles are just going to extend him, then what's the big deal about getting a 30? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's only going to be 30 years old and he's going to be in his prime. And if, you know, he lives up to this contract, which, you know, if you judge it by Jalen Hurts' terms, it's you know, championships, a couple maybe by then. Um, why not? You know, I mean, if Howie Roseman's still in charge, if let's say Julian uh, Julian Lurie <laughs> taking over for his father. Yeah, Julian was there, by the way. How about that? He was. Oh, he, he got a shout right out from Jalen, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't Jalen? smart. Jalen Jalen is savvy, man. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I mean – it's all in place. Like if Jalen Hurts really wants to spend his entire career with the Eagles, like he said yesterday, like he couldn't have been any other place to do to a get this contract and b be as successful as he was as he is. Then yeah, I mean it makes sense that they would figure out a way to get him an extension. It wouldn't be like acrimonious like you're seeing in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and everything like that. I mean. It doesn't it, – it seems like if everything goes according to plan, all this stuff will fall into place naturally. By the way, Martin, the, the you know, Eagles fans help out in this way as well. At the very end, our, our buddy Rob Kessner gets the Philadelphia quote. Um, you know, Jalen joke, part jokingly, but part real. He's like, I can't go out around here anyway. <laughs> he can't go anywhere yeah. because he gets mobbed and he gets – so I think they help. Uh, even if he wanted to do something, he can't go anywhere in, in the Delaware Valley uh, because he's turned into such a superstar. It really is an amazing story. Um, yeah. But, you know, all the pomp and circumstances is over um, and the draft is coming up and that's, you know – that's the more important part because the Eagles came up just short. I keep going back to that sort of postseason press conference where Howie looked a little depressed to me. And I think he was depressed because he knew, man, this was a great opportunity. And he knew he was going to lose a bunch of players, and he did. Um, and it was going to be tougher to rebuild this team, um, even though they got a great sort of structured deal with Jalen Hurts. It's more difficult, and you got to hit on draft picks. And they have two, and it starts at number 10. Trade up, trade down. Bijan in the conversation. I need to hear where Martin Frank is uh, two days out. Uh, yes, I would say yes to all that. Trade up, like let's say if, you know, Jalen Carter is the guy they really want, like 
you know, and he's like still there at number seven. Yeah, trade up with the Raiders and get him. Or if Bijan is the guy and maybe you think you can get him at 13 or 14, then trade back. I personally, I'm on the I'm on the running back um, bandwagon. I, I think either if it's going to be Bijan in the first round or even like Jameer Gibbs at the end of the first round from Alabama, I think one of those picks will be a running back. Wow. Wow. That is bold. That is bold, Martin Frank. Is it yeah. bold to take Jameer Gibbs at number 30, really? Because uh, it is, I guess, For a first-round pick, which the Eagles haven't done since Keith Byers. So at number 30, there's a difference between 30 and 10, I guess, is the point I'm making. Uh, I, I don't know if I would call it bold if they take a running back at 30. If they do it 10, right, you're right. I, I think it's smart, to be honest with you, <laughs> um, because you get that extra year of, of salary control. Um, you know, first-round pick. You know, at, at running back, you've got five years, plus you can do the franchise tag for a six-year, sixth year. And if you look at the lifespan of a typical running back, the shelf life, it's like three and a half years. So, you know, if, if Jameer Gibbs is good, you have him for an extra year, which meshes into Jalen Hurts' contract, which makes, you know, perfect sense for the Eagles to do something like that. You know, right. Tom Pelissero, sorry, Jody, brought up an interesting point. Uh in his latest piece at, on NFL media, most teams have like at most 20 first round grades. So you're probably going to see some yeah. crazy picks from, you know, some, some names you don't expect to see between say 21 and 32. You think how he can sit at, at, at 30, not having a fourth, a fifth and a sixth. I, I think he'd get too antsy to sit around that, that long. I think he wants to get the heck out of 30. Maybe. I mean, but maybe he moves back at 10 and gets that extra fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick. Yeah. Or maybe he, like, um, you know, trades one of his 12 picks he has in 2024 to get into the fourth round. Like, let's say, you know, let's say um, there's someone in the fourth round he really wants, you know, maybe trade a, you know, a third or a fourth next year um, and get that. All right, uh, I will suggest the more things change, the more they stay the same. And Howie Roseman will still be Howie Roseman, and Philadelphia Eagles will still be Philadelphia Eagles. So they're not going to take a running back at number 10. Sorry, Bijan fans. I'm okay with it. If I'm hey, if I'm wrong, I'll come out of your Friday on Bird 360. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope I'm it. wrong because I never want to talk about it again. I hope I'm wrong, Jody. But I don't think I'm going to be. Wrong. Well, if if they actually, if you're wrong, we're going to talk about it forever. We both will. We're both going to. No, have to well, I mean, moving forward, we don't have to. The next year's draft in the year. No, we don't have to talk about going forward. Yeah. Oh, the Eagles will never draft a running yes, back. In yes, the first yes. All right, That's I get what, what I mean. you mean. Um, but I don't think they're going to take the running back. So, uh, Martin Frank, if the usual suspects, the guys who are being mocked, four quarterbacks, Anderson, Carter. One of the cornerbacks all come off the board. That's eight out of the 10 picks. So let's say the Eagles have their choice of the two offensive linemen and top two offensive linemen in this draft, Skronsky or Paris Johnson. Let's say they have their choice of three edge pass rushers, Smith from Georgia, Van Lucas and uh, Miles Murphy. He's got his choice of any of those five. All five of those guys are still sitting on the board. 
Is he going O-line or D-line? And if so, which of the top guys at that position is Howie Roseman going to select? I'm guessing it would be the first choice would be Skaronsky. Um, just I see him as somebody who could play right away at guard. And I also see him in like two or three years if Lane Johnson decides to retire, move out to right tackle. Um, so I think I think that would be the first choice. I could see Nolan Smith being the second choice, like if Skaronsky's gone or maybe he likes Nolan Smith better than Skaronsky. I could see Nolan Smith being the choice. I don't really – I think if it came down to the other three, I think Howie would just as soon trade back um, and get one of those guys as opposed to staying at number 10. But uh, if, if he stayed at number 10, I, I think Skaronsky would be the pick. If you trade back, you're not getting Paris Johnson. First of all, I think Paris Johnson may be gone before he gets to 10, but I'm just giving you a hypothetical Maybe. here. If you trade back, unless you're trading to 11 and you're trading to a team that <laughs> specifically wants to go somewhere else other than the offensive line, uh, I think Paris Johnson's not going to be there if you trade back. You got to be careful. That's what you do when you trade back. Maybe. You take the risk of losing out on the player that you would have on your board yeah. at that time. Um, you never know what's real this time, but silly yeah, shit. People are saying Paris Johnson might go number three now and the Eagles won't yeah. have to worry about it. So. But and it's like yeah. it's like how I was saying the other day, like nobody has any idea yeah. what we're gonna do. And I think that applies to pretty much everybody. I mean, this is such a crazy draft because it's so wide open in so many ways. Like, you know, somebody I mean, nobody even knows what Houston's gonna do with number two. Like everyone thought for sure they would be taking a quarterback, but now it's like, you know, maybe they're taking like, you know, one of the top defensive linemen or something like that. It's yeah, it's crazy. Just you know, what a I'm sure like every mock draft that's been done so far is going to be like blown to bits by the time the Eagles get to number 10, you know? All right. I think we got to most of the guys who were kind of obvious picks, Jalen Carter, Paris Johnson. We mentioned Nolan Smith, Peter Skaronsky, uh, Lucas Van Ness, who Eagles fans seem to hate for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, I want to throw one more in there. Because it's probably not going to be there, but there's not a lot of teams that are going to pick a cornerback. Um, so if they like Witherspoon more than Christian Gonzalez, you never know. He might fall to 10. On the surface, the Eagles don't need a corner right now. They have Darius Slay, but Slay's 32. We saw the contract acrimony. Bradbury's going to turn 30. Christian Gonzalez, if he falls to 10, he's not going to play right away. It's pretty, that'd be pretty bold for Howie to go that way as well. What do, what do you think of that scenario? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing about what Howie does during free agency is he makes it. So when it gets, comes to the draft, he can take whoever he likes as the best player available. He's not drafting for a position. I mean, before, you know, like if you go back to March, you know, Slay was going to get released. Bradbury was going to price himself out and they would keep CJ Gardner Johnson. So then, yeah, he would have to pick a cornerback and it'd probably be someone like Witherspoon or Gonzalez or, you know, maybe even Joey Porter Jr. or whatever. But, you know, he doesn't have to do that. I mean, and that's the thing. And and that's kind of what helps a lot of these Eagles guys like last year. They drafted Jordan Davis and, you know, 
basically as a redshirt year, you know, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot. Uh, he was able to learn from guys like Fletch and Javon Hargrave and then later with Sue and, and Linval Joseph. So, I mean, it's an ideal situation if you're a rookie and you want to learn how to play in the NFL, you know, on a team with a good culture and stuff, you know, you sit out maybe a lot of your first year and then you get a chance. I mean, we'll see how that works out this year. Cause obviously Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and probably even Cam Jurgens are going to play and play, you know, be counted on very quite heavily. So, you know, if you're a guy like that, I mean, yeah, you could definitely draft, draft a cornerback in the first round. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I mean, I would think they might even do it. <laughs> let, let me add to the cornerback uh, discussion. Let us not forget that it was just about six weeks ago that the Philadelphia Eagles, 32 teams in the National Football League, one proposed a rule change to get the number zero added to a uniform that a player could wear. And Christian Gonzalez of Oregon was famously number zero for the Ducks this past year. The Eagles had not resigned Bradbury at that point. And they were the team that stepped out and said, hey, let's give the players zero for a potential number. And Jeff Laurie got on his podium out there at the owners' meetings and said, well, this came from our, our, our uh, uniform managing unit that uh, we're already running out of numbers. So we just wanted to expand the base of numbers we give out. Yes. No, he wanted to have zero to potentially give to Christian Gonzalez if the Eagles going to take him at number 10. So we know they like the player. They now have less of a need for him because they did resign Bradford. But I, I tied those things together. Do I know that that's their line of thinking? No, I think I'm on a pretty good footing here that that's exactly why they did what they hmm. did. Uh, and they do value the position of cornerback pretty high. Um, I still think there's a chance that they take Gonzalez. If the, the specific pass rusher they want is gone, if the specific yeah. uh, offensive lineman they want is gone, the higher rated those two positions, it would not shock me if they called Gonzalez the name out. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. I just keep going back to what Howie said last week, you know, where he wants a unique player, a quote, unique player. And, you know, that's kind of why I'm on the B. John Robinson trail. Uh, because I think he is that unique player. I'm not sure if one of the cornerbacks are like that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Um, and maybe Howie's blowing smoke like he usually does at this time of year, like everybody else is and everything. But, you know, if you if you got the number 10 pick and you've identified someone who's a unique player, whether – I mean, it might even be Jalen Carter. I mean, he would have been, obviously. So maybe – if he's the guy, you trade up and get him. If it's B. John Robinson, he's the guy. I'm not sure if any – I mean, I think the cornerbacks are good. Uh, Gonzalez, for sure. Witherspoon, for sure. But are they unique? I don't know. Um, yeah, everybody maybe. hung on to that unique thing, Martin. Yeah. They hung on to it like a life raft. And so I went to thesaurus.com, and I was looking for Bijan Robinson as a synonym for unique. For unique. But he wasn't and there. I mean, yeah. I not that look, people think I don't like Bijan Robinson as a prospect. He's clearly we've asked a bunch of scouts on this show. He's clearly one of the few blue chip players in this draft. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't think he's unique. I think he's a, a, a running back, a really good running back. I think he's a better pass receiver than most running backs. I think he's a better pass protector 
than most running backs, certainly that run the football as well as him. And obviously he can run the football. But I don't see that uniqueness like Christian McCaffrey back when the Eagles were considering taking him. Mm-hmm. That's unique. <laughs> that guy's unique. Yeah, I, I can I do don't, that. I don't, I don't see that with, with B. John Robinson. But maybe maybe it's me. I, I see it like this, too. Um, you know, go back to the owners' meetings, and, you know, Jeffrey Lurie was saying offenses dominate in the NFL. So if that's the case and you're, in, and you're the Eagles, you've already got a great offense and you've already got a great quarterback who's a plus one type of guy who, you know, defenses can't really account for. So if that's the case, I mean, why not, like, get the best running back? You know, I mean, if you look at this guy as being better than Miles Sanders and Miles Sanders had 1,269 yards rushing, Mainly because Jalen Hurts took away some of the attention from the defense. So he had like all these gaping holes. Plus you have a great offensive line. Plus you have three great receivers in, in AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and, you know, tight end Dallas Goddard. I mean, why not get a guy who would like complete the package, so to speak? Um, you know, this guy would just make the Eagles offense practically unstoppable. And that's how you win Super Bowls. I mean, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl because their defense shut down the Eagles. And the Eagles certainly didn't win the Super Bowl because <laughs> they because certainly they did not. Defense. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the Chiefs defense all year was middle of the pack. It wasn't a great defense. Yeah, it's not um, great. So, you know, yeah. why not like make the offense more unstoppable than it already is if you can get a guy like Robinson? I think it was the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jeff Lawyer, who said, you have to have a dynamic offense if you're going to win the yeah. Super Bowl. So since he's kind of in charge and is the, the man here in Philadelphia, yeah, let me take it in a different direction, but staying with the offense. Our buddy BLG, Brendan Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation, had an interesting uh, post on his website speculating on the Eagles' second-round pick that he thought that they might just go the wide receiver route in the second round and take a kid like Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, who would come in and just specifically displace Quez Watkins. Because those who think that Quez should still be the third wide receiver here this year, tie it to, well, he can stretch the defense. You need that speed. You got to have him there as at least a threat. If you're not going to catch the ball, how big a threat are you actually? But Hyatt is an absolute stone-cold burner who can do what Quez does, which is keep the defense honest and maybe actually catch the ball. Could the Eagles go wide receiver in the second round, Martin Frank, uh, if yeah. uh, they're I mean, married to yes. offense? They could do that, too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they went tight end in the second round, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, tight end, baby. They you are. Know, lo- I mean, this is a loaded tight end draft. Loaded. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and we saw this last year. I mean, Dallas Goddard missed five games. I mean, you know, where did they go for tight end? They, I mean, they didn't really have anybody who can do what he does. And, you know, you had, you had a guy like, you know, you had a guy in the second round, like maybe Musgrave or, some, or something like that. And, and all of a sudden, you've got like 12 personnel you could use. You can use – you know, the three wide receivers, you know, if you're getting a running back in the first round, I mean, 
there are just so many possibilities. I mean, nothing would surprise me with what the Eagles did. Yeah, but John expect- just told me yesterday, John gave me a great stat, Martin, that the Eagles were number one in the NFL rushing out of 11. The number one in the NFL. So uh, if that's the case, why would you want to go to more 12? No, you want to stay with 11 and be able to be the best in the National Football League. Yeah, uh, but not if you tight end. And oh, by the way, didn't they secure their backup tight end yesterday? Are you guys not believing that Tyree Jackson is finally going to stay yeah. healthy this upcoming I'm, I'm season? I'm surprised. Yeah, I had to look that up. I I had to ask Bob Lang at the Eagles that Tyree <laughs> Jack, like, why is Tyree Jackson not signing his tender? I thought the Eagles took it off him, but no, he was waiting all that time because I was thinking if the Eagles sign something, they're just going to take it off the poor guy. And you know, he's been injury stricken. I think Grant Calcaterra is more in the conversation. But to Jody's point, the Eagles' running game is about space. So I've, I've said this a couple times. To me, it would make more – if you want to improve their running game, and it's tough to improve from number one, get a better receiver, get a better third receiver, or get a better second tight end. Now, the the reason the spacing becomes an issue in 12, Jody, is because no one is threatened by Jack Stoll. But if you go Martin's route, and you have the two tight end, then all of a sudden you have the spacing back. Now, the same thing would work with the receiver, though. So it's kind of – it doesn't yeah. matter. But if you want to improve the running game, yeah, get a third receiver, get a second tight end, and you have even better spacing. Yeah, but the second tight end takes you out of 11, put you in 12, and well, they weren't that, as good as well. matter. What matters is the threat. Because Musgrave is such a – Upgrade over Stoll that that would allow as a the receiver, to the yeah. Jack Jack Stoll, look, Jack Stoll is a great story. Does a tremendous job. Nobody's scared of Jack Stoll as a receiver. There are receivers, tight end receivers, in this draft that people need to be fearful of. If you get one of those guys, but you can accomplish the same thing with receiver. It's, 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 it's all same. it's all it's all about mismatches and and giving yourself opportunities. If you have two really good receiving tight ends, you know, like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez back in the day, Zach Ertz well, and Dallas another, Goddard. Yeah, I mean Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Exactly. That that's another weapon, or that's another thing that defense have to prepare against. You don't know if you're going to see that. Or if you're going to see the three wide receivers, and and if you were saying, you know, the idea is to maybe get Quez Watkins off the field, well, if you don't get a burner wide receiver, this is another way to do it. To do it, it's all about accomplishing the same goal, but with different possibilities. I think you both are missing the uh, reason that the Eagles were number one in uh, eleven wide receiver rushing this year, and he's no longer here. Zach Pascal, the greatest blocking wide receiver in the history of the <laughs> National Football League, is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. So there's no way the Eagles are going to be number one in uh, rushing in 11 this year without Zach. Sorry to say. It has more to do with Jalen. But Zach, I, Zach was important when he was out there. And I see you smiling, Jody. I mean, that is a tough look. It's a luxury, but that is a tough luxury to replace. I mean, he's arguably the best blocking wide receiver in football. Nobody's going to get excited by that. But he could also catch the football, unlike J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who they would say, well, he's a great block. He, well, he couldn't catch the football. If you threw it to Zach and he was open, He'd he would catch. catch the football. Yep. So 
you could put him on the field, and it did help them. It did. Now, Jalen is most responsible for because everybody's scared to death of him pulling the football and going out the backside. He's the biggest part, but it's nice to have that luxury, and they're not going to have that luxury. Just another little thing that the Eagles got to go about things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zach Pascal. I mean, another place they're going to miss him is on special teams. I mean, the guy was tremendous on the special teams unit too. So, you know, but you know, as we know, they don't really care a whole lot about special no, teams. No. <laughs> so, Except they gave Michael Clay a contract extension. So uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Don't, don't know how or why that came down, but that's exactly what happened. All right, Martin. Is the NFC now more easy to win for the Philadelphia Eagles? They certainly did last year. Going to try and do it again this year because Aaron Rodgers is now in the AFC. Uh, Have you taken the Packers off the board as a legitimate competition for the Eagles in the NFC in 2023? I have taken the Packers off the board. Um, I think they're going to take a step back. I mean, they're not going to be awful or anything like that, but, you know, it's time to see what, you know, it's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing when, when Brett Favre was there. He had to sit for three years, just like uh, Jordan Love has had to yeah. sit for three years, and now we'll see how good he is. But Hey, um, history of past is prologue. Martin, Jordan Love's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, and Jody yeah, knows who his Aaron, quarterback's going to be in 2038. Right. <laughs> that, that's, that's more of a possibility that Aaron, uh, that uh, Jordan Love will be the Jets' starting quarterback in 2035 then Jordan Love is going yeah. to the Hall of Fame. The the, the uh, Packers are not rolling at the three straight Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back to back. I'd bet good money against that. Yeah, I mean, well, Aaron Rodgers was 6-10 and 10 his first year as a starter, too, so it wasn't like the Packers were all of a sudden like back in the Super Bowl. Did he go 6-10 and 10 his first year? Yeah. His yeah. first year, yes. Yeah. The second year, yeah. they were... You and know, then they took off, yeah. yeah a lot of guys. I mean, Peyton Manning was awful his first year, then took off. Uh, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. Yeah. Troy Aikman. One in 15, I think the Cowboys were. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously took off. So, yeah. It usually the startup costs. My buddy Jim Swartz, baby. Startup costs. Uh, even, even with the greats, you tend to go through that. And we mm-hmm. have one of the greats at M. Frank NFL, Martin Frank. Uh, follow him on Twitter. You can read him at DelawareOnline.com. Does a tremendous job. I will end this here with you, Martin, my last one. Since we went down the Aaron Rodgers route, boy, there's a disparity between AFC quarterbacks and NFC quarterbacks. It's amazing. Who 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 was the second best quarterback in the NFC? Because it's we're 12 months ago, if I would have said to you, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. It's not even a debate. That's amazing enough. Yeah, but who's number two? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, <laughs> I, I know. know. Is I it, know. Is it, Justin, is it Justin Fields? But I mean, he's not the most accurate guy. Well, in that's the world. that's. I mean, projection. Chody and I both uh, like the 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 skill of the player, but I mean, that I mean, is a massive projection. I don't like his situation. Like, I yeah. he's got a defensive head coach, a bad offensive coordinator. I don't like his situation. Um, um, yeah. I, I got I, Dak Prescott still. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Dak is, I mean, he's proven. Um, he's, 
you know, to some extent anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Brock Purdy could have been in the conversation. There you go. The second best quarterback in the NFC is the much disrespected Brock Purdy. <laughs> well, it's not going to be. I'll, I'll yeah, say this. Yeah. Peralta and Jody's the biggest Brock Purdy fan in the world, except for, I don't know, Brock's married. Mrs. Purdy, his <laughs> girlfriend. But um, – He's got a torn UCL. We're yeah, not even yeah. going to see him. All right, all right. Have you not been hearing reports, John? Looks like he'll be ready for opening day next year. Is is coming along great. Kind of like Bryce yeah. Harper was going to be out till the All-Star game. Except he may play next week. It's friggin' <laughs> April, not mid-July like they originally predicted he'd be coming back from. Uh, yesterday they were reporting that uh, Purdy is already making strides in his rehab and could be their opening day. I, I'm looking at my I mean, phone. That, that's amazing. Like, they traded up to number three to get um, Trey Lance. Hey, 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 hey. The, 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 they didn't trade up, but the New York Jets took a quarterback at number two in that draft, yeah. and they've already buried his butt on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers. So, good <laughs> on the Jets. That's one thing. I don't know if Rodgers is going to work for the Jets. Yeah, I love the guy, but he's 40 years old, and he did take a step backwards last year. This yeah. is what I'm actually more excited about the Jets. They admitted their mistakes. There are teams in the National Football League that refuse to do that. They make right. a pick. They stand by it. They go to the well. They just continue to lose. The Jets said, we blanked up. We're not doing this again. We're going to go get ourselves a quarterback. And I think San Francisco doing the same thing. They watch Brock Purdy go undefeated and go, we're going to sit this guy on the bench just because we traded up for yeah, Trey Lance? No, 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 no. Brock yeah, Purdy's definitely. our starting quarterback. Yeah. That's a, I mean, it's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, I, I don't blame the 49ers for doing that either. But uh, I looked at my phone. It is April 25th. Uh, if he's on the field for week one, uh, I'll, I'll be here. I will say I'm wrong. But I don't know about the history. I know about pitchers. I don't know about Bryce yeah. Harper. Bryce Harper is going to be a DH anyway. Yeah. He doesn't have to throw. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it takes these guys a full year often longer than that to come back from a from a torn ac out now maybe the i'm not a doctor maybe there's been advancements maybe there's a new surgery maybe it's quicker but i don't care what the 49ers say on april 25th that guy's not going to be on the field week one with a torn ucl we shall see. You know, all I'm telling you is what was reported yesterday. There's a good chance he'll be ready for the first week of the season. We shall see. And speaking of Brock Purdy, I'll ask you this for my last question, Martin Frank. What do you get for an S2 score? Have you had your Xbox out? Have you taken the cognitive test to be a quarterback in the National Football League? Because don't kid yourself, all this information is being uh, leaked by the creators of this test and they want to get their tests over top now, of every guys, team. That's not, that's being leaked by uh, NFL teams trying to convince other NFL teams to do what they don't want them to do and vice versa. All right. Uh, you and I will disagree on that. I think it's coming directly from the creators of the test because they want it to become the standard bearer of how you judge intelligence for quarterbacks in the national. It just so happens that Brock Purdy's number gets out. If Brock Purdy never got off the bench from the 49ers, do you think we know what Brock Purdy's number is? I don't think so. <laughs> Who benefits from everybody knowing that Brock Purdy had died? Well, those are some savvy Vanderbilt uh, neuroscientists. Exactly. Uh, because <laughs> and I, they're doing I a great job of I don't, the information I don't believe that makes them look good. 
I don't believe the Vandy neuroscientists are doing their own PR leaking. I just oh, don't I, believe that. I, I do. Yeah. Uh, Martin Frank, what kind of score did you get? Uh, oh, up man. in the 90s, were you down at 18 with C.J. Stroud? I'm guessing yeah. somewhere in the middle, but which of the two ends were you close? 11 billion was my <laughs> score, Martin. Yeah, I don't know. I would probably be like middle of the pack. You a gamer? No, I'm not a gamer. Yeah, all right. Good, yeah, you're, good. You're, you're not yeah, getting Martin, up in the night. Martin's got work to do. He's got a lot yeah. of He's not playing video games. How, yeah, how gotta... telltale can a test be that you take with an Xbox? That that you take the test with a with a joystick in your hand. I got a joystick for him. Uh, oh, I, boy. I'm sorry, I do not buy into this stuff. Uh, Mike, yeah, good stuff. Crazy. Appreciate as always. You're coming on. Do yourself a favor. Don't sit close to McMullen for draft night. Uh, put little He's got to. His cubicles next right to mine. Each other. Yeah. I can't get away from him. Poor, right. poor, poor Martin. Poor Martin. We're, we're easily cleanable pants. Uh, Martin, always a pleasure, bud. Thank you much for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. Always that is a pleasure Martin Frank too. from uh, the Delaware News Journal here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. Mike Sielski, Inquirer, is going to join us in about 20 minutes. We'll continue to talk Eagles draft with you here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. 
Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen, hanging with you here for hour number two on Birds 365 as we get within two days of the NFL draft. Uh, Mike Shilsky Inquirer is going to join us in less than 15. Uh, I got a question for you, Johnny Mac. Uh, again, second day in a row, I'm going to uh, make reference to one of the streamers here on our Birds <coughs> 365 uh, show. From Nathan Hoffman. Sounds like Jody needs to get down to Nashville and strap on some VR goggles himself. Uh, yes, because I said uh, before we went to break that I'm not a gamer, never been a gamer. The fact that we're going to judge how cognitive a quarterback coming out of college going to the NFL based on basically a uh, a game uh, that's played like Xbox, I don't quite understand why the NFL would go there. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But what does Nashville have to do with gaming? It's where Vanderbilt is. Oh, that's what it is. See, that's why I asked the question. Thank yeah. you, John, for uh, check. Oh, so so the only place that they do actual gaming is where the Vanderbilt guys are hanging out. That's no, it. they created the uh, S two cognitive test. It was a couple of bandy uh, neuroscientists. Uh, so that's what he is alluding He's referring to. to. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, but I I think. By the way, I I did not apply to Vanderbilt, but I'm guessing if I had. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten in. So yeah, I very good school. I, I'm not very going to. I'm not going to Nashville anytime soon. Yeah. If I go to Nashville, it's for the country music. Um, yeah, very good school. Uh, not as good in the SEC, but the SEC is kind of tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I look. I I don't think NFL teams are making decisions on this test. I you know, same as the Wonder Lake back then. They, it, you know, people in my industry just needed something to leak. And they stopped using the Wonder Licks, and now they have this. So they're leaking this stuff. Um, and it comes from teams and, and trying to, you know, trying to trying to manipulate things the best they can. So we'll, we'll – no, I don't believe anybody is dropping uh, C.J. Stroud because of this test. Um, if, if they don't like C.J. Stroud, it's for other reasons. But, you know, people try to manipulate every little advantage they can potentially manipulate in this time. This is why we call it the silly season. Understood. But, and and it only takes one since it's only one team on the clock at a time. If someone doesn't like a player as much as some people are projecting or predicting they like a player, yeah, a guy can get passed over and get dropped. How far would C.J. Stroud have to drop for you to go, 
yeah, there needs to be a new that that it just seemed that he was going to be at this number at a floor in the NFL draft. If he drops below it, what what would you call that dividing line? Where would you draw that line and say, yeah, something happened here for CJ Stroud to drop this much? I think 12 would be. All right. So see, I'll stop you right there. Who had him at 12 10 days ago? Give me one mock guy who had him going down after 11 in the draft prior to. Yeah, but I don't put as much stock in mock guys. Like, you know, teams, one one of the issues with mock drafts, and I have to do them, you're you're evaluating sort of as a whole. Like, C.J. Stroud's better than, you know, I think he's the best, second best quarterback in the draft. Um. But I'm not evaluating for specific teams. Like somebody might like um, Anthony Richardson's upside. Like if you had, who's got a higher ceiling, Anthony Richardson. But I mean that's too risky for me personally. If I were doing it, if I were in charge, um, you know, Will Levis. I, I'm not as big as a fan of, of Will Levis. Doesn't mean there's not an NFL team. You know, what does Shane Steichen think? You know. I have a lot of respect for Shane. I think mm-hmm. people um, who watch the show understand that, you know, I'm going to default to him. If I'm a general manager, well, who do you want? You're, you're the guy developing it. Um, um, so there's a lot of things and, you know, there's a lot in, you know, I brought up Tom Pelissero. You're going to see those names from 20 to 32 where you're like, that guy's a first round pick. That guy's a first round pick. Because we all we all sit and look at the draft guys and say there's a bunch of you know consensus and NFL teams don't pay as much attention to that is so I always and and we heard this from Chris Landry as well when when you have these big moves and people say guys move up the board guys move down the board they're not really moving up the board we're just getting more information reporters are getting more information from actual NFL teams nope no NFL team is going oh this guy's a third round pick and I saw him at pro day, and now he's a first round pick that the people just find out more information it, it, it so it, it 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 might look to the outside oh he's going up the board you always hear that he was always up the board for NFL teams, um, it's just not how it works. So there's there's kind of a disconnect from that standpoint. All right, then who is that guy? Since you think at the tail end of the first round, there's a chance that we're going to, on draft night, hear names that people are going to go, wow, I didn't think that guy was a first-round pick. Um, who's who's going to be that guy that shocks the world here in Philadelphia for the well, last year was 30. the kid, uh, the kid from New England. Um, uh, but uh, you know, one name that Tom brought up that I heard already, and I was thinking 30, I was thinking 30, 30. Matthew Bergeron, the kid from Syracuse. Um, yeah, nobody's, nobody's guy. been mentioning him as a first round pick. No, that is a legit surprise bottom of the first round pick. Um, that's one of the names he mentioned, uh, Anton Harrison, another offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Um, DJ Turner, the cornerback from Michigan. 
there there's going to be somebody. And last year it was uh, the offensive lineman. I can't even remember his name now that New England picked. And Sean McVay was That's true. Nuts. The Patriots. Uh, yeah. that no one had him going as high yeah. as he did to the Patriots. Um, uh, let me give you a name for the Eagles. Uh, except I don't really believe it. But I'm hoping for it that uh, would be a bit of a surprise. Um, Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson. Well, I'm, I'm going to get the pen out and cross it off. Uh, <laughs> they're not taking a linebacker. You know, come on, one, it's number 30. It's not 10. All I'm one, asking is the 30th pick, not the 10th. Linebacker for this team, and I said it yesterday on the show, is a blind spot. It is one of the few instances where I say this organization is completely wrong. They be devalued it to a ludicrous degree. I I have no problem with their thought process in general. It should be a devalued position, but they've taken it too far. They've taken it too far. And the fact that they've had, they've seen how hard it is to get these players. And when they develop one, they say, eh, we'll just develop another. Well, I mean, you forgot Eric Wilson. You forgot LJ Ford, Paul Warlow, Corey Nelson. How do you forget that? Yeah, they, they were all here uh, not that long ago. We don't have to go back. We're not going back in history to come up with those names. They were all here recently, and there were linebackers who couldn't play. Yeah. And and TJ, forget about TJ. I mean, I they made a mistake with TJ Edwards. That's not a lot of money. Um, they developed him. If you're not going to pay T.J. Edwards, who are you going to pay? Um, even if you go back to Alex Singleton, Alex went out in Denver. He played well here. Oh, Alex Singleton can't do this. He can't do that. Well, he played well here, and then he went out there and played well. I don't know. He's better than everybody else you roll out there. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of money. Why not continue in that direction? Kaiser White. Oh, you can't give him a second year. All right. Good luck. And, and Good luck out, with Nick Nicholas Morrow. Good and, luck. And he is out the door. Uh, and or uh, Davion Taylor. This is the breakout year. John, you didn't get that memo? This is the breakout year for Davion Taylor. I'll tell you what. It better be a breakout year for Nicobe Dean. Because if Nicobe, everybody talks about Nicobe Dean like he is some kind of, 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 of constant. Like there's no questions about him. Yeah, Martin yeah, and I, but... we were just talking about quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, six and ten. Troy Aikman, one and fifteen. Peyton Manning, three games, three and thirteen. Everybody has startup costs. Everybody. You mean startup costs don't get spent when a guy's a rookie and he sits on the bench, he doesn't play. You don't you don't start the startup course when you're a rookie. You start the startup course when you actually got to get on the field and play. Right. Is that what Schwartz meant? Yeah, and 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 everybody's going to bring up well. Most recently, you know, some of the receivers Jefferson and Chase, and they hit the ground running. But no, they make mistakes too. Now they overcome it because of talent, um, and maybe he overcomes it because of talent, but. To, to talk about him like he's some kind of constant, I think, is a mistake. And and right now, they have real issues on the back seven of that defense. 
and they got to fix them in the draft. All right, uh, let me run a scenario by you. And it was affected by what happened in the National Football League yesterday with the Jets and Packers trade. Aaron Rodgers is now officially a Jet. They had to give up their first of their two second round picks. Jets pick at 41 and 42. So they had to give up 41. Uh, and a, a contingency pick in next year's draft. It's a two, but it moves up to a one if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays for the Jets this year. If he gets hurt, uh, doesn't play, the Jets don't have to give up a future one. They get to give up a future two. I hope, and I have not seen this, but I'm hoping there's also a clause that says, oh, by the way, he's got to come back for the second year. If he decides to go back into the darkness and he comes out and the, the shrooms have told him, yeah, you don't need this stuff anymore, get into retirement. Uh, McAfee will take you on as a full-time partner. Well, they better not be giving up a first-round pick if they're not getting a second year out of Rodgers. But uh, another element of the trade was that the Jets and the Packers swapped their first-round picks this year. Jets go from 13 back to 15. Packers move from 15 up to 13. Um, people still want B. John Robinson here in town. You and I agree, probably not going to happen at 10. But if the Eagles traded down, would that give Howie Roseman more reason to potentially go there. We always speculate how he likes to move up, back, sideways. There's a good trading partner for you at number 15. I've circled 15 uh, for a while now because I think if you want Bijan Robinson, I think the commanders at 16 are a good landing spot for him. Um, new offense quarter, Eric B. Enemy in Washington. They give him a workhorse back. All right, you got Sam Howell's your quarterback. You better get yourself a stud workhorse back if Sam Howell's going to be your quarterback. B. John Robinson becomes their offense in Washington this year. So I think if you have to be ahead of them at 16, you get to 15. It's Howie's buddy, Joe Douglas. If the Jets really like one of the offensive linemen and they think by moving from 13 down to 15, the Patriots in between could screw them on the guy that they want, that there's a specific offense out of Skoransky in Paris and uh, the, the other offensive linemen at the top. There. They, they could lose the guy they really want. Jets get aggressive, move back up to 10. Let's Howie move down to 15. Can you see a deal between Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman? I can always see a deal between Joe and Howie. <clears throat> I don't think the Eagles want the player, period. End of sentence. You really that, do. You don't think they're intrigued by B. John Robinson? Do not. Um, I I think, you know, and, I you know, Albert Breer finally confirmed what I've been talking about for years, that the Eagles were going to take uh, Christian McCaffrey in 2017. How many, how many years have you been saying that, John? I don't know, since 2018, but whatever. Um so now maybe people will believe it, but, and, and to Albert's credit, he gave the context as well. Um, and I, what I also been saying, so he's talking about it in relation to Robinson and he was talking to a coach and the coach said, and I'm quoting this, I'm not paraphrasing because I just pulled it up. Speaking about Bijan, he's an every down grinder, really good in protection too. But you're not going to be calling plays for him in the pass game that aren't screen or flat routes. 
which is not to say he's not great, like Ezekiel Elliott was or somebody like that, but he ain't Christian McCaffrey in the receiving game. And as, as Albert also mentioned, if Christian McCaffrey wanted to change to receiver, he could have been a receiver at the NFL level. That's why the Eagles wanted him. That's why he was so unique. That's why they were willing to go off. It was more about the passing than the running. But the second part of that is, Jody, which he didn't get into, the Eagles were a different offense then. Right. They had Carson Wentz. The running back in the passing game was much more, was a much bigger part of their offense. Correct. Today, again, it's about Jalen Hurts. It's about the spacing. It's about pulling the ball on the backside. It's about the way he frightens defenses. That I do not think they feel they need that running back. So all those reasons, which I've been talking about forever, if you want to improve their running game, and again, in 11 personnel, it's tough to improve to, from one, but I guess you can have a bigger gap uh, between one and two. Then get the third receiver. Then get the second tight end who can better create the spacing they're looking for. The right, He'd be great. I'm not saying he wouldn't be great because he's a great runner, but it, it, it's not needed. And there are four. I just talked about the defense. You're right about Jeffrey Laurie. They have an explosive offense. They're going to have an explosive offense. They got to get more competent on defense. Remember, they weren't good enough last year on defense. On paper, well, they, they've they taken were until a, the second half of their last yeah, game. On on paper, they've taken a massive step back defensively. I, I'm not saying they have to be as good during the regular season. They don't have to be number two. You just got to make a play in the biggest stage, but you got to get to the biggest stage, Jody. And if you're playing Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds and N'Kobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow, guess what? You're not getting to the biggest stage. So they got to fix something on that defense. You just ran down two safeties and two linebackers. Eagles have three picks in the first two rounds. How many of them are going to be safeties or linebackers? Well, zero linebackers. We understand that. But it's more than just the the first even two rounds. I mean, in theory, you know, hopefully N'Kobe Dean develops into a I great, really had the third, third round. round. You think you think they're taking a linebacker or a safety in the third round? I think they're taking a safety by by the end of day two, yeah. I think and it might be, you know, if you want to call Brian Branch a defensive back and they might spin it a different way. But yeah, I think yeah, they're but taking... here's the problem with Branch and, and Mike Seals a good join is coming up in just a second. I think he's going in the twenties, John. If well, they don't positive, trade yeah. back to take Branch from ten, if they don't trade up from thirty to take Branch, and again, trading up to to take it safety, think Howie Roseman's going there. I again my evaluation, checking everybody else mocks, scouting grades, everything else. I think Brian Branch is going to go off the board in a position that the Philadelphia Eagles don't have. No, I, I, I know I you love the it's... player. I love the player. I think he'd be a perfect fit. I could see him in Eagle Green, all those things. But the way the draft board lays out right now, I think he falls somewhere else. The Eagles get no chance to get their hands on him. Oh, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're getting him. Um, I do think part of it is he's in sort of no man's land. 
and I don't think they would take him that high. I think you're right. He probably won't even get to 30. I just, you know, personally, I think he'd be a great fit for what this team wants to do, but I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to get him. So I I asked Ian yesterday, Ian Cummings, you know, who's that safety? Who's that Fangio like safety? He brought up Quan Martin from Illinois. You can get him in the third round. He, He could start for this team day one. If he's, if he's, you know, Oh, as good. advertised, he start for this team because he's that good, or does he start the team for this team because he's just better than the less than acceptable he's, players? He's they better. Have he's better now. than what they have. Um, that's not a ringing endorsement, John. I appreciate your candor, but that's not a ringing endorsement. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Johnny McDonald. We're going to be lucky enough to talk to Mike Sealski, lead columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He joins us next here on Bird Street 65. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
Anthony Wheel stopped on Birds 365 with McMullen and McDonald hanging with you. We're lucky enough to get Mike Sielski, lead columnist on the sports side for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and a little look behind the curtain. I reached out to Mike over the weekend, said, want to get you on Birds 365 this week, draft week, any chance on Monday? He said, can't do Monday. I got work responsibilities, uh, but I could do Tuesday, so I, I locked them in. Work responsibilities in Pittsburgh. What the hell were you doing in Pittsburgh, Sielski? I was, uh, first of all, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, John, I saw you at the presser yesterday. You did not say hello. Uh, I did not? I, what? What? Whoa. I don't, know, I don't know what I did. I don't know if I ticked you off somehow. Uh, that um, was, he uh, hey, he didn't spill anything on you. Be thankful. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, yes, but to answer your question, Jody, I was actually out in Pittsburgh uh, to do research for my next book, uh, which is on basically loosely the history of the slam dunk. And I was oh, doing yeah. some research on Connie Hawkins, who was part of the 1967-68 Pittsburgh Pipers, who were the first team to win an ABA championship. And so I was out there to speak to his grandson and go to the Western Pennsylvania Sports Museum and do a bit of research for this book that's coming hopefully next year. Now, uh, me, I'm a let big let fan. Me, let me, John, let me, John, let me hop in oh, just one second. I got a question off that. How much research have you done on Darnell Hillman? I have interviewed Darnell Hillman. Really? Yeah. Yes. I tracked him down and interviewed him. Uh, he's going to be a chapter in the book because as your listeners and watchers may or may not know, he was... Uh, I think the first slam dunk contest champion uh, really in basketball history, he won one in the ABA and uh, had a fascinating life, still around, lives in Indianapolis, still connected to the Pacers, which is the team that he's best known for. So I've already done the interview with Darnell. Yes. Nice. Uh, are, are the Pittsburgh Pisces going to be in the book? Uh, <laughs> From the fish that saved Pittsburgh? Yes. There, yes. there might be a glancing reference to them. Uh, John and I have also I haven't tracked down or gotten in touch with Jerome Lane yet. Um, but there's going to be some major, you know, Pittsburgh threads in this book. We don't think of All Pittsburgh right. as a basketball town, but we probably should. Yeah. I'm glad and, to hear and you're the book, giving the book. By the way, could be about Julia Serving. So uh, I, I got Doc. Doc had some yeah. interesting things to say. There's going to be a, a really in-depth chapter on him. Um, I'm almost finished writing the first chapter, which is all about John Morant which wow. needless to say has been interesting over the last mm. month or two. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, and hopefully I'm now do you, have to, is November. do you already have an addendum plan for Mac McClung? Uh, Mike? Oh, already. Yeah. Well, I wrote a column <laughs> about him after he won the dunk contest. So I'm just, I think I just might take that column from the inquiry and just plop it right in the center of Very the book. Good. Uh, nice. uh, glad yeah. to hear uh, Darnell Hillman's in there because he's the first guy I think of when way back when mm -hmm. when uh, dunking became all the rage in the NBA. All right, we got John. Uh, I'm glad you gave us the the background. Now we got something to look forward to uh, the next Sealski book. But we're also look, looking forward to what Sealski's got to say about the upcoming NFL draft, which is Thursday night. Now Howie Roseman right now has the 10th pick in the draft. Percentage chance Howie Roseman takes somebody at 10. Good one, Jody. I'd say about 35 to 40%. That would be my guess. And, oh, by the way, it should be 90. With yeah. most teams, it's 90. You got the 10 pick. You pick at number 10. Howie Roseman, you take them down to 35. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think they, they love to collect picks. Uh, it gives them versatility. It gives them flexibility. It allows them to strike when the iron for A.J. Brown, for instance, gets hot. 
so I would bet that he's going to trade down. So, I mean, is it possible they'll pick at 10? Of course. But the likelihood is, based on history, that they'll trade down. Uh, Mike, well, first of all, I have to apologize. I think I was distracted by all the shiny baubles. It was such <laughs> a, you know, everybody is in their prom wear. The Eagles had their helmets up. You know, it was all... Uh, Jalen had the Gucci on. I believe you it, had the Gucci it was, on. As it well. was bauble heavy yesterday yes. at the Novacare Complex, yes. John. Yes. So I was a little bit distracted. So I apologize for that. But that's okay. You know, one of the things uh, before I get to the draft, I want to get your thoughts on that. And it, typical, you know, everybody and should be congratulatory. But um, I'm I'm kind of struck by the Eagles really don't seem concerned about potentially handing a quarter of a billion dollars to a 24-year-old. And I'm on board with them. I'm Mm -hmm. not concerned either. Have you ever seen anything like it from a perspective of such a grounded superstar? And you wrote a lot about Kobe Bryant and your tremendous book there. We've all seen superstars. You don't see guys like Jalen Hurts that often. Not based on the available evidence, you don't. Uh, I wrote about this in a column for today, guys, about, you know, kind of contrasting Hurts with the last two guys who you could really call franchise quarterbacks who the Eagles gave similar sorts of contract extensions to, Donovan McNabb and Carson Wentz. Now, look, McNabb is probably the greatest quarterback in franchise history. If Even if you don't believe that, you can acknowledge you can make a really strong argument for it. But Donovan also had this kind of goofy side to him uh, where he's playing air guitar before the playoff game against the Cowboys (laughs) and he's making jokes that fall flat during his press conferences. And as he went along in his career, his play got looser because he was putting on a little bit of weight and he wasn't moving as much and the injuries had started to take their toll. We don't need to rehash what happened with Wentz. Everybody knows what happened in the aftermath of him signing the four-year, $128 million extension. Hertz seems to have a discipline about him uh, and a seriousness about him that those two guys really did not have. And I think that gets to what you're talking about here, John, that, yeah, the Eagles are always going to be confident, and Jeffrey Lurie's always going to project this sense of confidence anytime he's making such a huge investment in a franchise quarterback. This is what he believes in. This is what he does. He wants a franchise QB because he thinks, A, that's the quickest and easiest way to win Super Bowls, and he's not entirely wrong about that, and B, it sells merchandise. It makes the Eagles part of the water cooler conversation. There's a reason that Robert Kraft and the Patriots are his model franchise, and it goes beyond the fact that he's a native New Englander. It's because they walked into Tom Brady and went from being irrelevant to being America's real team for 20 years. And Lurie's kind of always been chasing that. And I think with respect to Hertz, he might actually possibly kind of have found it. I mean, you watch that kid up there yesterday and it's all business. It's all seriousness. And as I said, I think there's a sincerity and a seriousness to him uh, that people in Philadelphia eat up and love. And press conferences are always a combination of reality and performance art, but it seems like the proportion with Hertz trends more toward the reality than it does the performance art. All right, Mike, uh, two-part question for you. The first one is kind of tongue-in-cheek, an overused sports axiom, passing the baton. Uh, Did Howie Roseman grab the baton from Donovan McNabb for the fall-flat-on-your-face attempt at humor? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a very good question. How he tries and tries and tries, but he he's never going to be Chris Rock or Sebastian yeah, Maniscalco or anything man, like that. Man, I give him credit though, Mike. He, he is he is always workshopping stuff. God, yeah, bless. yeah, he is. I, I you know. I don't know. You know, maybe it works in the Borscht Belt, but it doesn't work yeah, amongst the media yeah. who cover the Eagles. Take take that <laughs> take that up to the Catskills, Howie. Um, uh, more importantly, Howie Roseman, running back status, value placed on it. Bijan Robinson at number ten. All right, never mind ten. Trade down to fifteen. All right, never mind fifteen. Trade down to twenty. Still on the board. Do you think there's any chance that during this offseason the Eagles will? Add to what they think is a value for a running back. There are two ways that you can parse it. John does one way. I'm trying to look at the other. I kind of agree with John, but but not as harsh as he does. You gave Jalen Hurts $255 million. You expect him to deliver big production for $255 million. So why would you want to get someone that's going to have him produce less? You're going to hand the ball off to him. Make him do the work. Or you could argue... Yeah, we're protecting our investment because if we put Jalen out there and he's going to carry the ball as much as he used to, if he's on the injured list, he can't play for a month. That doesn't help him at all. Does the needle move at all for the Eagles this offseason? Does the contract that Jalen Hurts signed either have them put a little more emphasis on running back or maybe even a little less, even though I don't know how it could possibly be less? I don't think it moves the needle very much at all, Jody. When it comes to running back, I think it accents, if anything, the need for them to build depth and uh, collect talent along the offensive line. Uh, You know, that's what they believe in. And, you know, I've been hearing these arguments all week. Look, I'm, you know, as you guys know, I'm on the radio on Saturdays and my partner, Glenn Mack now and I, and Jody's partner, Glenn, you know, we've spent a lot of time batting around this question about should the Eagles draft Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. if they have the opportunity to do so. And I look at it the opposite way. If anything, signing hurts to this money in the Eagles mind says, okay, we've got to make sure there's no fall off in the offensive line, because if there is, that puts our investment at risk. And uh, with respect to the running back position, man, I just don't see them using a first round pick. Maybe if they trade back into the mid late twenties or 30 or 31, I mean, they already have 30, obviously, maybe they use their 30th pick on the, on a running back on Robinson if he's there, but it would just really surprise me. Uh, You know, and the other thing too, is I hear this argument a lot, like, you know, you don't take a run teams that have taken a running back high shouldn't have done it because they were bad teams and a running back isn't going to make a team, a bad team better. Well, I look at it a different way. I look at it as that part of the reason those teams are really bad is that they're taking running backs in the top 10. You know, if you're the giants, part of the reason you're a bad team is that you took Saquon Barkley with the number two overall pick instead of taking a player who could have been a foundational piece for you along the offensive line or the defensive line or a quarterback or something along those lines. Now you have a ticked off Saquon Barkley. Now you're overpaying Daniel Jones and you know, you're, you're, you're really not in the Eagles class. I don't think so. um, I would just be really surprised if they took a running back in the first round. Well, to kind of further that Mike, you mentioned, you know, press conferences are parts reality, part performance art, which I agree with you. So when Nick Sirianni says, I don't want to take away Jalen Hurts' superpower, which is sort of like the the zone read, you know, 
RPO, pull the football, scare the defense, spacing, all that stuff. And then he says, last week he said, we weren't, we're not paying him more to do less. Is he lying to us? Because I don't think he's lying to us. I don't think he is either. And this to me gets back to what we were just talking about, about Hertz as a player and a person and the discipline that he shows. You know, bring it back to Wentz, for instance. I always got the sense, and I'm not the only one, I'm sure, who thought that Carson Wentz would rather make a spectacular but unsuccessful play than make the safe, smart, successful play. I get the sense, you know, I get football. Right. He wanted to be the hero. Yeah. And I think that Jalen Hurts is not like that. I think Jalen Hurts can be the hero when he needs to be. Uh, I think he's smarter and more disciplined in the way that he plays. And so if there's a way for Sirianni to kind of strike that balance between keeping the threat of Hurts on the move open to the Eagles offense and at the same time relying on Hurts and setting up some offense, working with Brian Johnson to set up the offense in a way that keeps Hurts protected, they can continue to kind of maximize this. It's, it's going to be a hard dance for them to dance, obviously, because he is going to be exposing himself to injury every time he runs the ball. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, now, Mike, you know he heals faster than you specifically. You're the one. <laughs> I know. Um, he's... But, but, no, I bring that up for the reason, you know, that was silly. So the, the one part that Jody brought up that is legitimate you know, health. Yeah. Can you legislate health in this league? Can you say, all right, you know, we got to take this RPO stuff off the board. We got to take this zone read stuff off the board and have Jalen Hurts just hand the ball off to B. John Robinson or insert name. Or do you just sort of manufacture, manipulate that? Hey, we have a lead, hand it off. Um, how do you go about that sort of that tightrope? Yeah, I, I think some of this, John, depends on how the league changes and trends over time. And the Eagles and Hertz's ability to, ju- to adjust to whatever those trends are going to be. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Okay. So last year, teams were more successful running the ball on a per carry basis than they had been in something like 20 or 25 yeah, years yeah. around the league. Okay. Yeah. And the reason for that, I think, is because. For years and years, all we've heard is that you got to throw the ball to score points. You got to throw the ball to score points. And what do teams do when you hear that? They build their defenses to stop the pass. You know, one or two linebackers on the field. Where did they do that? Maybe like Philadelphia? Maybe. They play defense. (laughs) Don't give up those chunk plays. Right. We kind of know about that here in Philadelphia. Right, exactly. And then what ends up happening is offenses adjust. And so you get teams like the Eagles and to a lesser degree – even an also ran team like the Atlanta Falcons, who, you know, had Marcus Mariota and just terrible quarterback play last year, were able to eke out six or seven wins because they could run the ball so well. And so maybe that's shifting and the Eagles are going to have to shift with that. And Hertz is going to have to shift with that. One of the things that the Eagles are banking on, obviously, in signing Hertz to this kind of deal is that he's going to continue to grow and improve. And part of that improvement has to come in just being a straight up drop back passer. Uh, and so we'll see if that can happen. I think, again, that gets back to something Jeffrey Lurie said yesterday, which is the one thing that the Eagles were banking on with Hertz was no matter how good he might turn out to be, 
he will be as good as he can possibly be because he will work that hard and he has that kind of character. He will maximize his ability. So we will see if maximizing his ability means that if they have to change the offense a little bit and get out of those RPOs, he's able to do it. I'd assuming you are right. And the Eagles number one priority is protect hurts upgrading the offensive line, which, oh, by the way, I think you very well could be right. Uh, <clears throat> best two offensive linemen for me in this draft are Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson. I'm flying in the face of an authority here because I know that Ray Dinger's on record. Uh, I had him on with me and Glenn the weekend before you had him on this past weekend with you and Glenn, and he likes Skaronsky more than he likes Paris Johnson. You're just going to sign on with Ray and go, yeah, give me the best offensive line. If Ray says this is the best offensive line, I'm going to say this is the best offensive line. I hate to disagree with Ray Dinger, but I like Paris Johnson better. If you're right, they're going O-line at 10. Who are they taking? It's a great question, Jody, and I have no idea. Like, I, I really don't. I don't. Pre- I, I, I hate saying this to you guys because, you know, I'm going to be at the draft at the NovaCare Complex on Thursday, but I've covered enough of these to know that nobody knows anything, okay? Nobody knows anything. And I'm sorry, they just don't. Um, I would draft Peter Skaronsky. educated guesses, Mike. You got to give him at least that. I would draft Peter Skaronsky because Pete Skaronsky sounds like the name of an offensive lineman, <laughs> okay? And you say I a would guy just... like Pat named Paris can't be a good offensive <laughs> lineman. Is that what you're saying, Sealski? I'm saying it would. the Eagles would be fortunate if they have the opportunity to draft Pete Skaronsky because the team drafting ahead of them is the Chicago Bears. And if the Bears don't yeah. draft an Skaronsky. offensive lineman yeah, named Pete Skaronsky from Northwestern, you're then they're right. doing something right. wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, they make bad decisions all the time. <laughs> that's true. Keep Good point. The bear. Yeah. Johnny, you're going to eat some crow and the Bears make the playoffs this year, buddy. Uh, I I, uh, I think the, the new regime, well, the old regime was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you talk about Chicago Bears football, um, Ryan Pace, and they went from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles, and, and then the head coach was Matt to Matt, uh, Matt Nagy to Matt Eberflus. I think they just didn't want to change the signs on the offices. But and the, and um, the parking spots. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's been a bad run for the Bears. Hopefully they can turn it around. But I don't think – I think they've done Justin Fields a disservice. But to bring it back to the Eagles, um, at, at number 10 overall, Mike, I agree with you. It's probably going to be defensive line or offensive line, and I include edge rusher in that perspective. But I want to talk about the guys coaching these guys because there was such continuity, um, and that was, I think, a big part of the Eagles' run last year. Very rare. And now we have new coordinators. Defensive side was gutted, so I think you see that as a whole. Nick Sirianni made kind of a bold move overlooking, not necessarily overlooking, but bypassing Denard Wilson for Sean Desai. And then Brian Johnson, we all know his history with Jalen Hurts. But boy, I thought Shane Steichen was a great play caller. I thought he had a great feel for it. Are we just overlooking this sort of pretty seismic changes on on the coaching staff? Yeah, I think we already would agree, John, Um, especially the Steichen one, because I think you're right. I thought he was terrific last year. Really smart guy. Uh, 
defensively, I think there is something to be said for continuity, as you as you put it. Um, you know, I was more in the middle on Jonathan Gannon's strategy than a lot of people were. Uh, but that defense had an awful lot of talent on it, too. And a good bit of that talent comes back. You know, it's all a year older. And in some cases, that's OK. And in some cases, it, you know, is a bit of a concern. You're talking about guys like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and how much you're going to rely on them and uh, and all of that. Uh, but it is something that that's worth looking at because Brian Johnson has never been an offensive coordinator before. And Sean Desai is new at this. And Nick Sirianni wants to be, uh, you know, a CEO kind of coach. He doesn't want to have to step in and call plays on offense or start dictating terms on defense. He likes to have his guys have autonomy. So we'll see how this goes. And look, there's personnel questions too. You know, are they going to, is, is Jordan Davis going to be able to stay on the field more often? Is he going to be a difference maker is what we saw from him last year and kind of the, the mediocrity, I guess you'd say from him just solely injury based, or is there an issue? Is there going to be an issue there? Uh, is Nicobe Dean going to get on the field? Um, those sorts of things. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's worth looking at and saying, boy, it's going to be tough for those units to be as good as they were last season. All right, Mike, I want to do a little role playing with you, if that's okay. Um, I'm going to make you. You're kinky, Jody. I like it. (laughs) I'm going to make you Howie Roseman, okay? Uh, And I'm I'm not telling any jokes. Yeah, bad joke. Right off the bat. Bad joke. Yeah, feel free to skip the jokes, Howie. Okay. Um, If the Chicago Bears are on the clock at number nine, and Jalen Carter has fallen to nine, if we can all agree that he's a top two, three talent. You've had your boy Dom do all the research. You think that was isolated incidents. You think he'll be fine in your clubhouse under your coaching staff. You love the value of Jalen Carter at number nine. And the Chicago Bears call you and go, listen, John's favorite uh, GM, Mr. Pulse. Uh, Listen, Howie, we're going to either take Jalen Carter. We're going to trade him to team Y that's going to move up and take him at number nine. We just wanted to give you a shot at, at, at taking a kid. If you want, if not, we're going to trade the pick to somebody else and they're going to take Jalen Carter. All we're asking is your number one draft pick next year, which, Oh, by the way, is basically a second round draft pick. Cause you know, the Eagles are going to be picking 30, 31, 32. So if we settled for a second, that's almost a third round draft pick. So no, we're not giving you the player for a third round pick. Give us your one next year. You can move up. We'll just drop down to one spot. Are you interested? Howie Roseman? Oh yeah. If, if big Dom has done the, uh, due diligence on Jalen Carter, because the Eagles to their credit generally get the, this stuff right. They have a pretty good track when it comes to evaluating character and a guy's background and things like that. Compared to other teams, they don't uh, they don't miss on this as often. So yeah, if 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 I'm if I'm persuaded that Jalen Carter isn't going to be a problem, that he's on the straight and narrow, I definitely think about taking that call from the Bears and making that move. Give up a at uh, Mike Sielski. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter, readhiminquirer.com. Tremendous uh, column on Jalen Hurts and, and the new deal. Um, seems too good to be true. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, read Mike there. Uh, Saturdays on WIP with Glenn Mack now. Jody's there Sundays with Glenn. All over the place. Uh, I would say it, it's close enough to Father's Day, so we'll say Start thinking about Father's Day, riseofkobebook.com, at least until 
the slam dunk book comes out. So I want to take, I want to end it there with you, Mike. I want to take Doc off the table, Michael Jordan. I'm going to take Connie Hawkins off the table. So the legendary dunkers we all know. Who's your favorite dunker that maybe we don't know? Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, let me think about that, John. I'm a Dominique fan. Yeah, well, he's really, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's when I came up. One of the Power. things that's, yeah, Power. and one of the things that's been interesting to me in doing the research for this book is how basketball's perspective on the dunk has changed over time. It was the thing in the, in the 80s and 90s to do. Every kid on every playground wanted to try to dunk. And now it's the opposite. It, it, not the opposite, I should say, but the three-point shot three, is what yeah, is cool. Steph Curry has made the three-pointer mm. cool. And there's all sorts of implications for that for basketball and dunking itself. You know, I would argue that John Morant is really the only guy in the NBA now who generates genuine, sustained excitement when he dunks the ball. Because there's, there, there's this perception that we've seen everything that you can, that these guys can do in the air and there's more to be done, um, you know, shooting from distance. So um, it's been interesting. You've seen but one I, three, I think, you've seen them all. Come on. Yeah, that dunking uh, is always going to be better. I, I always say, look, my wheelhouse is Mo Cheeks leading the break, Bobby Jones and Julius Erving on the wings. Mm. That is the most exciting basketball to me sort of stops it. I don't want to see guys veer into the three-point line. I want to see Doc finishing. That's what yeah. I want to see. And, and that's the thing, too, guys. It's changed the nature of the sport. Like, we've we've lost some of the artistry and the spontaneity in basketball. You know, I, I, I'm i not just saying this because I wrote a book about the guy. Like, I loved the way Kobe Bryant played. I love the way Allen Iverson played <laughs> because there is something to be said for an incredibly gifted player hitting an incredibly difficult shot, even if it's a low efficiency shot. I want to see Kobe hit a 19-foot turnaround that only he can take and that every coach and general manager in the league now would say, don't take that shot, take the yeah. three or dunk it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, all of that's going to be gotten into in the book. All right. And again, there's only one guy whose name was Dr. Dunk, and that's uh, Darnell Hillman. Darnell Hillman, man. It was be on the uh, top of my list. And one guy I know you won't be able to interview uh, and we're off on a dunking tangent. Yeah, again. wow, it's good Earl, to me. Earl Manigault. I have. I'm going to have a chapter on Earl. I have talked to Rick Tellender, who wrote, you know, Heaven Is a Playground. I talked to Peter Vesey, who knew Earl the Goat. Uh, I talked to the guy who co-wrote Earl's autobiography. I've done a ton of research on Earl the Goat. He's going to be a chapter in the book, Jody. Right, By the way, I should have mentioned. Speaking of Doctor Dunk, Doctor Duncan Steen, Daryl Dawkins. I should have mentioned him. Bill Robinson crying. Yeah, there you a, go. A dog. Uh, there, there's so many of them, guys. There's yeah. going to be some that are that are not going to be able. I can't spend <clears> that much time on in the book, but um, you know, there's there's going to be a chapter on the 1983 Final Four and Lorenzo Charles and Five Slam Ajama. Um, it's been a lot of fun to to research and write this. Right, and that's why Chocolate Thunder had to go Dr. Duncan Steen because Dr. Dunk yeah. was already taken by right. Darnell Hillman. Uh, Mike, looking forward to the book, looking forward to reading your uh, Eagle stuff on the draft all week. And I'm looking forward, well, I feel badly for you because not this Saturday, but next Saturday, you got to work with me on WIP because Mac now's taking a week <laughs> off. So, uh, and he's got to see me on Thursday. That's a bad uh, week. Just, w- just acknowledge my presence this time, yeah. John. Just yeah, give me, uh, just throw, as, as uh, you know, Dr. Evil would say, throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> <laughs> we will do just that. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thanks, bud.
All right, take care, guys. Thanks, Mike. The lead sports columnist for the Inquirer. Here Tough week for Mike. Man, he's got both of us. Damn. I will uh, be talking dunking with Zielski next Saturday. Uh, we're supposed to stick to the football here on this show. But next Saturday, when I got him on WIP with me, we'll be talking about dunking. I love it. All right, John and I are going to come back. We'll stick with the football. Draft is just two days away. Keep it here, right here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. to the rumor that Call of Duty, uh, which John McMullen yesterday was uh, out of the show for the last 40 minutes because he got the Call of Duty to get over to the Novacare complex and get some eagle information for us. Uh, The Call of Duty was the actual game board that they used to take the uh, S2 test 
for uh, cognitive results for quarterbacks in the National Football League. That, that It was more Xbox than Call of Duty. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to knock and mock this thing until uh, <laughs> the cows come home. Um, not going over to the Novacare Complex today, John McMullen, but you were there yesterday. Just off the top of your head, off what you saw in passing, you're in a different spot or you're on the premises. How many guys in for voluntary workouts? First day of voluntary workouts. How crowded was the parking lot for the players? Um, uh, Yeah, it was pretty crowded. The Eagles generally do a a really good job uh, getting the vast majority of the people in. And the guys who aren't in, it's usually a day like veterans, like, you know, Fletcher Cox might have some personal business, but, um, and they give them a day off. But, almost a hundred percent come in and I haven't heard of anybody not coming in. Uh, we'll see in the upcoming. Cause it is voluntary, correct? It's not yeah, it mandatory. Is, it's voluntary. It is voluntary, but remember one of the reasons they do the things they do, the things the way they do, the things they do was back when Nick Sirianni got the job. Remember it was still the end of the pandemic and remember they were sort of negotiating to get guys in, um, at that particular time. And one of the ways they got guys to come in was to say, all right, we're not going to have mini camp. Um, and they negotiated with the team and had like a hundred percent guys come in and they've continued on that route. So one of the reasons they do the way they do, uh, they, they do this is because they want the players in and they want them to be involved and it's worked. Uh, to date it it so you know and it's hard to argue with their success at this point it really is the the, the success success numbers are there but i just when you tell that story and you've told it before i just can't help but laugh we're gonna make it optional rather than mandatory but then they all show up because it's optional they needed to take the word mandatory off the table because they didn't want mandatory they will have to show up We'll just call it optional instead, and then everybody right. shows up. And you know, titles. How, how does that change, add up? Change the title, baby. That's, we always talk about did, it. And it worked like a charm. Yeah. I tip my cap to the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, before we go, I got to say this really quick. First of all, silly season is here. We all know it. Um, first of all, your Jets, by the way, have the fourth best Super Bowl odds now. That's one. Um, Oof. So the Jets are relevant again. Congratulations to Jody McDonald. Now, except, except I don't agree. Evidently, they're not that good. Evidently, and it's not just me being a downer Jet fan. Uh, it can't happen because the Jets always. Uh, I'm being honest with you. Hey, does I'm Aaron Rodgers take them to the promised land? I don't know that. Look, it's well, it's a murderous row in the AFC. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but. They are relevant. They're going to be a good football team. He's still a really good player. And I was I was talking to some Vikings people yesterday, man. They've never been happier. Um, you know, people are still in awe of this guy. Um, he could still play at a high level. He's kind of a nut job, so you never know what's going to go these days. But to really blow your mind, Jody, how about this one? Will Levis... Move from 50 to 1 to 20 to 1 to go number one overall. And now 
He just dropped to 10 to 1 a few minutes ago. I don't know what the hell's going on. Make it of it, make of it what you will. 10 to 1 to uh, what, go number what, one overall. What wagering outlet are you quoting? Uh, Darren Rebell did it. I, I don't know which one it is. So, uh, okay. uh, but I, I already clicked off it. But there's, at there's least not, one. There's not a lot of money in those pools. They'll only allow you to bet so much. You can't bet. No, I know. $100,000 on it. They, they restrict you to the amount that you can bet because, yes, you can actually get inside information. And if you're an executive at the team, if you're the. If you're the general manager of the Carolina Panthers and you got the first pick, you put down $5 million on who's going to. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to get caught. Yeah, you trying to get to make that pick. So you can only bet so much. So pools can move pretty significantly because there's not a lot of money in the pool to begin with. Uh, just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Telling you how, how something like that that looks uh, offbeat can actually be and that quite is very, very offbeat. commonplace. And that is good, like coming out of good left luck. Field. Let me repeat: Good luck to the team that takes Will Levis. Uh, much like the, the 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 test that is moving the needle in quarterbacks, Will Levis didn't move Kentucky up and down the field all that well this year. Uh, I'll stick to the film. I'll stick to the tape, and I'll tell you that Will Le- Levis is not going to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. By the way, couldn't beat out. Uh, uh... Sean Clifford at Penn State. Right. Uh, <laughs> but he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Okay, good. Yeah. After having a mediocre year at Kentucky. That makes a lot of sense. That's what Silly Season is all about. We'll be back with more Silly Season talk tomorrow. Johnny Mac, you here? Uh, let's do it. Christmas uh, Eve or NFL Draft Eve, which is, you know, better. We're getting uh, dangerously close to the NFL Draft and for sure. The Mac and Mac guys will be back here on Birds 365 tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.